Drop. Welcome back to the dopest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Damon Monday. I'm dope. You're dope. You know Mondays are dope. But today, I got a really dope guest. Uh, I've been running around with this dude for a little bit, throwing parties, slinging goofs, and uh, vibing heavy in the whip. Yeah, we put some mile, we put some comedy miles on these SoCal freeways together, blowing bleezies on the way to shows. We've rocked stages together. We've fucking produced shows together. We've learned together. We've laughed and cried together. Multiple times. Yeah, dude. This is just the baby dick drip god. And fucking Big Chief Zach. Yeah, what up? Chief. Zach Miller, dog. Chief What's going Rocka. on, man? Chilling, bro. Excited to finally do your podcast. I mean, it's only been in delay mode for, what, a year and a half? Some like, like that, I've been, we've been talking about me doing your podcast since I met you, right? And and that was a couple of years ago. So it's been a hot mazinet, dude, for sure. And like it's it's crazy, man, because people see us hanging out and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's always funny when people say like, "Oh, how do you know Zach?" Or like, "Hey, so you you work with Hempers, huh?" And yeah. it's, it's always crazy because you know, for the little backstory for the podcast, we booked you for the shit show. Yeah, Josh. I can't remember who booked me first, if it was the uh, Highest Fox show or the shit show. I can't remember who it was first. Yeah. But but I did both at El Cid. That was what, 2019? Had to be 19, yeah. Because yeah. we started the shit show in 2018, and then COVID hit like just when, while we were just into a year. And I think you did the last show right before that. And I think, and you thought I was a camera guy. Do you remember that? I mean, I thought you were a photographer. Or, yeah. I mean, I knew you were some type of crew. Yeah. But I hadn't identified you, and I certainly didn't know you were a young comic. I just thought you were part of the team. Word. Yeah. And yeah, even then, man, you know, people ask me, like, how long I've been doing comedy or, like, how long I've been going up and stuff. It's, I mean, you've been in the game for a while, so I'm sure you've, you, you, or I know you see where I'm coming from when I say this. You know, like, I've been doing it for three years, but I feel like I've really only been doing it for, like, a year and a half. Once you understand what doing it means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so, like, I was having sex in high school. Were you? Were you? Or, yeah, or no, did you just that. happen to put your dong in some veg? No, I feel that 100%. I don't know if you'd man. call that sex, bro. Sex is a two-way street. Facts. What you were doing was, like... A one-way alley, doggy. Indeed, <laughs> It man. was going nowhere. <laughs> fast. Real fast, dude. Man, oh, man. But yeah, uh, dude, so it's been it's been real cool, you know, hanging out with you guys. Uh, I mean, you know the story. Um, I was not going up, but I was hanging out at a comedy show. Yeah, you're more a of a fan than a, than a comic. Right. And then, you know what I'm saying? And that's okay. Yeah, dude. And then finding out that not... It's not as not that it's as easy as just going up, but when I found out that oh, 
Because I always thought, you know, growing up when I... Because the very first stand-up special I ever saw was George Carlin at Carnegie Hall. Wow. High and bar. Then, dude, yeah. And then when I found out what stand-up was, I was watching the David Letterman show. And I forgot who it was. It just came on and I was like, what? This guy just... Like, usually the Tonight Show guys, they talk to someone famous. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, an actor, a singer. Like, they're buddies. Yeah. But this guy just came out and talked and I have no idea who he is. And right. I was like, whoa, this is cool. And I remember when I was in like fourth grade for, uh, you know, those write-ups you got to do in the mornings, you know, what'd you do last night? What's your favorite this? What do you want for Christmas? Yeah. So that they have kids do. I remember in Themes? fourth grade. Yeah. They asked like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, I want a red rider BB gun. Yeah, I want to I well, shoot your eye out, kid. Bolt, uh, bolt action, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember I put that I wanted to be the 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 host of the tonight show but i wanted to be the host of the david letterman show when i when i was a kid i just wanted to be a comedian who who did podcasts where you don't hear car alarms going off in the back of them dude i feel you 100 percent. like, like this i just totally wanted to be able downgraded. to do podcasts in a studio dude me too man one day bro one day this, one day yeah I mean, we could close the window uh it is closed Oh, that was a loud ass car alarm then. Yeah, car alarms the, don't be playing in Pasadena. Yeah, the carport is like right underneath us. Oh, that's what's popping. Yeah. So yeah, shit, fuck that, that neighbor. Carport life, dude. That was what a big is, flex. Man. Carports are f- for bosses, dude. You know it's what, what it saying? is, man. And it's crazy because right underneath is where my car is, and right now I don't know if you saw the side of the building when you were walking up. Mm-mm. The building's getting retrofitted. Snap. So like right now, there's holes all along the I sides. I parked on the and- street. Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh, when you walk by, or which yeah. side you park on? That way. I parked across the street. Oh, okay. I parked in front of this hoopty with a donut on it. Oh, dude, gay ass fucking car, huh? Imagine having a donut on your shit, dude. Some lame ass level shit, yeah, dog. dude. Like, just go straight to the spot and get your shit fixed, dude. Word, exactly. Get a tire, cousin. Some punk ass kid, dude. You could pull up in fucking any tire spot, and they'll get you a new tire. Like right then, though. Right there, dude. Real quick. Yeah, you Real just got to have like $100. Yeah. But here's uh, what's the thing. a tire cost these days? Two, uh, uh, this was on a, uh, this was on like a GTI. What do you think a tire for a GTI costs? Um, I know for a fact that it costs around $160. Okay. Each tire. Each yeah. tire. Um, luckily. I drive though, a Ferrari. My tires are like fucking 2500 piece or something. I forget. Yeah, no, I feel you. Dude, that's crazy. They they charge twenty five hundred a piece for Hot Wheel tires. I don't get it. Was that comedy that you were doing right there? Dude? It was an attempt. Listen, dude. It was if, an attempt. If, if we could be lie about the fact that we're not talking about your GTI that has a donut on it, we could lie about the fact that I don't drive a fucking Ferrari. Okay, bro. This is the Mondays are dope podcast, and you're killing my fucking high right now with your fucking rinky dink hack ass fucking matchbox car jokes. Okay, Word. I drive a Ferrari. I drive a Ferrari. I woke up the in the Ferrari. Listeners don't need to know about what the fuck I drive, bro. No, hundred percent, dude. Psych, I drive a used rental car. I'm all fucking Hyundai that gets 45 miles a gallon, bitch. That's a win in LA, dude. <clears throat> that's why I beat. That's why. That's how we keep the fucking train moving, bro. If I didn't have a gas efficient, inexpensive whip, there would be no Emperor's comedy. <laughs> oh, dude, no way, man. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, dude. If I had to keep like a fucking, if I had to keep like a fucking Tahoe on the road. 
Man, we would have been asked out a long time ago, guy. Dude, yeah, I had to stop driving my car. Like, my very first car that I had Mm -hmm. was a 53 Plymouth Cambridge. Dumb. Of course it was. Dumb miles, dude. I'm talking It's like 8 miles a gallon. 20 tops, yeah. 20 on the fucking highway, bro. 20 highway, yeah. Yeah, Like 12 city. Yeah. And you drive mostly city because you live in the city. Yeah. So, yeah, that shit was not fun. I drove that guy around for like two weeks and then stopped. Yeah, dude. It's a luxury. Stopped real quick. To drive quick. a classic car. Yeah. You got to be able to afford to maintain it or you got to maintain it yourself. Right. And you got to pay that stupid ass gas and you got to pay extra fucking uh, extra fees and shit to maintain it. Like, because they're dirtier and blah, right. blah, blah. Wait till, dude, at some point, all gas cars will be classics and will be treated as such. And gas you know what? will be $15, $20 a gallon. And a gas car will be a fucking toy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Like everything's going to be electric in 10 years. Easy. It's going to be like that movie In Time. Have you seen that? There's still already like way more electrics than there were fucking five years ago. Oh, yeah, dude. And every year, everybody's buying electrics. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the car game right now is insane, especially the electric car game, which is cool. Fossil, the fossil fuel game's dumb. Like, people are finally starting to realize, like, foreign conflicts are directly related to our dependence on fossil fuels. And we've been saying it for fucking ever. Yeah. If it weren't for fucking, like, our addiction to oil, Vladimir Putin has no play in Eastern Europe. Facts, dude. Facts. And you know what's crazy? So one thing that I really Saudi Arabia has no play in the Middle East. None. Nothing, dude. And see, so the thing petro dictators are the problem and have been for some time. Put me on, dude. Tell me. And do you know why America is fucked? Because we've been fucking having raw dog butt sex with petro dictators for, I don't know, a long ass time, at least fucking since the 70s. Has to be. At least. Dude, American oil men like the bushes right <laughs> the dude and you know see i didn't really know i don't again I, I still don't know much about like you know foreign affairs stuff like that but yeah one cool thing dude hanging out with you have a community college degree not nah, a dude. mortal combat video I, game in your living room degree dude ex- that's exactly what i you have, have a bro. rave degree that's what i do man i went to rave university bro fucking i spent with a with a major in Ra- fucking raven fist pumps. raven trap you hell yeah dude fucking raven and trapping raven dude School Even hard before, knocks. I got a I got a major in Raven and a minor in trapping. Dude, and, and I've been trapping since day one. You know I was trapping grammar before I started smoking weed. Yeah, that's right. No, you speak well for an uneducated man. It's crazy. You're self-educated. Bro. <clears throat> you clearly like to read. Yeah. And you know, I actually just got into audiobooks. So the last episode I did with Cameron, he uh he recommended me a book because when we when me and him were chopping it up at the show, mm-hmm. he was just kind of dumping a bunch of like Pin, pent up knowledge that he had because he was telling me that he listened to like five audiobooks in a week and like did mushrooms hella yeah, so like yeah. he was just trying to dump some of this knowledge and i was like i was yeah. just absorbing it right yeah and <clears throat> when he came to do the the podcast he recommended a book called egregores sure and i was gonna do the audiobook version but i've always been really against audiobooks because i always thought it was gonna be like some robot voice 
trying to tell me what the or reading the story but it was actually the dude it was the author right like he read the book which was dope because you know something about like reading out loud and i've always been really into you know people speaking out loud which Mm -hmm. is why i was into like the tonight show listening to david letterman just chop it up with people Mm -hmm. when the author writes the book or when the author reads the book he's gonna emphasize and he's gonna fragment or address those sentences the way that he meant them to be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it was way easier to listen to that than i thought it was gonna be so i think i'm gonna start listening to more audiobooks i even fucking i bought the subscription for this right. audio, for this ebook thing, so I, I think I'm gonna go in a little bit. That's what's up. Try to educate myself a little more because I get sleepy reading, dude. No, like, I feel you. like audiobook, I'm smart. Audiobooks are great, but c- consuming information is great. Yeah, but fucking what information you consume and the ability to add context is imperative. Right. Like a lot of young people now are are they don't they're, they're shit they shit on college. And say, well, I'm self-taught. Yeah. Well, oh, you're consuming information, no doubt. And some of it may be correct. Right. But also, some of it might be bullshit. And the whole lens it's being fed to you is might be bullshit because you don't understand how to critically think. Yeah. Because, like, the, the thing about college is... And especially good schools, like real, like a real good liberal arts education is like, like, for instance, I can't remember anything I learned in college. Right. But what I but I learned how to learn in college. There you and go. when I say learn how to learn, it's processing, vetting and communicating information, writing 25 page papers for really critical professors where you need to literally cite every position you take. Mm hmm. And like, you need to prove theories and, and prove theories through citing information. Yeah. And like, if you didn't go to a good liberal arts school or like a really, really good prep school, most Americans ha- haven't been through that process. Right. So they really don't understand how to critically think. They just trust somebody they think is smarter than them. Exactly, man exactly and like it's a bad look doggy it is 100 percent, man like when i was so i was a terrible student right terrible student right me too but only because i didn't go to class not because i was dumb yeah exactly dude like i didn't participate in class whatsoever like i number one i shouldn't have been in that calculus class yeah because i was just paying the tas like with money that i made from doing other people's fucking essays Mm mm-hmm like, I was just paying him to get through. And, like, my senior year, I told my counselor, I was like, yo, don't put me in no math class. But she did. Yeah. And I was mad about it. But shout out to Mr. Simon, because Mr. Simon was the first person that I ever heard talk about cognitive thinking. And, like, right. really critically thinking and thinking about how you think. Right. I didn't do shit Asking the worth tough questions and finding the tough answers. Right. And I didn't do nothing in his class productive. Nothing. I right. I bounced out of there as soon as I could. As soon as the first semester was over, yeah. I was out of there. But every day, I think about critical thinking, cognitive thinking. Right. You know, Something problem solving, stuck everything. And it was important. Yeah. Right. So getting older and talking to or reconnecting with my friends who went to school and stuff. Yeah. You can see where, yeah, they went to school, but they didn't learn shit. 
Or they oh, didn't. Absolutely, I know people with college degrees that are fucking momos. Oh my dude. god, dude! Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You don't because... have to learn anything in college to graduate, right? Right, and the critical really? thinking aspect is so far fetched. Plus, depending how old you are, like a lot of it's just memorize and regurgitate. Mm-hmm. So you learn it for twenty four hours, and then you kick it right back out. Yeah. And and most schools don't ha- hold you to a high standard. Like I was lucky enough to go to a really good college. Yeah. Where they like it was not too big, where you couldn't just float through. Like at those state schools, you're just paying to go on vacation for four years, man. Right. No, I feel that a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then they kick you out of there with some half-ass degree, and it's more about fucking nepotism and networking through mm-hmm. the Greek system and internships than really who's a quality well-rounded well-thought human right no 100 percent. it's just about like hey there's your club go start the dick sucking and make sure you show up for work every day mm-hmm. it's it's just the system <clears throat> it's, it's just, yeah it's pretty the much system, the clock in clock out system it's uh and the the nepotism game mm-hmm. or the it's just fascism yeah I mean, kind of keeping people, keeping more powerful people's secrets so they keep you plugged into the to the game to the machine. Yep, one hundred percent, man. I mean, comedy's got that right. Comedy oligarchs, mm-hmm. headliners, powerful headliners. Yeah, not powerful headliners, producers. No, one hundred percent, dude. What I'm saying? Everything, every aspect. You see, of... now that you've been in the game a while, you see how it goes. Oh yeah, but in, and it's just like in the music industry. Sure. Producers, any, any other industry, any bro. industry, dude. Yeah. It's fucking America. Yeah, exactly. And people who are so plugged into the system who all they know is you finally understand what all that punk rock was about. Oh dude, facts. Yeah. <laughs> I had friends that were listening to punk rock talking about anarchy and rebellion and you know, fighting fascism and stuff. Yeah. I have homies who were like, no, fuck fascist <clears throat> government, but they couldn't define fascism. Right. And they're like, fuck the gut like fuck you want anarchy? No, you don't sport. No, you don't. Have because you're not fucking educated mm-hmm. because you don't. They, everybody wants to strap up on guns. It's like, doggy, what do you know about being a fucking warlord, dog? Right. Because at the end of the day, that's the game you're talking about playing, cousin. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care how much you, showtime you've. Seen. What do you know about managing five hundred hungry people? Mm-hmm. What do you know about dodging assassination attempts? fucking keeping rival fucking warlords from taking your assets yeah that's what you're signing up for guy have you seen walking dead right dude (laughs) the walking dead is such a good example because it's pretty well thought out as far as like what would happen when society breaks down like doggy you don't want society to break down fuckhead Mm -mm. like the last 70 years of american fucking existence have been some of the most I mean, and again, depending who you ask, you know what I'm saying? Like prosperous and 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 it was due to a strong American federal government. And it was yeah. also due to a I think this is the the one of the other secrets we never talk about. And this is one thing that like the billionaire class will argue is that American might on the world like yeah, our army is a fucking like basically corporate like military force like mm-hmm. they're not there to protect our freedom yeah no nah. they're there to protect the billionaire class's asset structure right you know what i mean like yeah, yeah this, stop it's, it's, it it's a glorified security system <laughs> kind like yeah but like no it's not but, an insurance policy like they sell but it. if it's gonna be a global business class it's good to you know 
if there's going to be a league, it's good to play for the Super Bowl champs. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to have good ownership. It's good to have fucking fans that support the team. Like, you yeah. know, like being an American has always held good weight mm-hmm. because in theory, I didn't know this is a political podcast, by the way, we could talk about comedy again, but yeah, we're just, no, we're just I got my, talking, leeway. I like, got my, or I got my segue. Don't worry. Okay. Anyway, yeah. the point is like America's fucked up, right? And everybody's arguing with each other. But like, if you know the history of America, a, that's nothing new. B fucking fascism has always been here. Nazism has always fucking been here. Like we've always been somewhat of an oligarchy and the people have always been fighting against the oligarchy. Like billionaires have been made and been broken Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah, dude. So it's like, we'll see how things shake out, but, but that's why stand up so important. Mm hmm. Is because fucking you can have the gun debate, but there is zero free speech debate from anybody. Facts. And that's good news. You 100%. know what I'm saying? Although it is being assaulted. Mm-hmm. It is being assaulted and it'll be assaulted from both sides. From the far left and the far right. And that's where those motherfuckers meet and start boning. Yep. Indeed, <laughs> man. Dude, and you know that's the circle of fucking of of uh you know political leanings. You go far enough right, you're left, and yeah. vice versa. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's where fascists are born. Yeah, dude. The 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 but metaphor they game with you is insane. Dip- the, you you've got an insane metaphor game. I I, I want to throw that out there. You and know why? Because I I critically think well. Boom, indeed. And you relate shit, and you make you make things understandable. I ask questions. Indeed. And answer them. And that's been, that's, I think that's really dope. And that's another thing that I enjoy hanging out with you. Fucking, you've put me on to some good metaphors that I definitely implement. Like the, like the sandwich one in particular. We've talked about this one where you say, look, dude, I'm good mustard. I can't be a tomato. (laughs) I'm not ham. Right, right, right. And we're going to need some bread, bro. We're going to need some bread. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, Dude, I think about that shit all the time. All the time, dude. So, Kind of going into, so you're a critical thinker. You've been doing this. We jumped right into fucking some some conversation, but right. That's uh, because I smoked sounds, a fat ass blunt with my man Silky. Shout out Silky. Yo, big infused, up Silky, dude. Used lounge down on Jefferson. Shout out to everybody, hot, dude. Hot private venue where we blow big clouds. Indeed. So me and you were friends. So I, I know would call that us you. Friends. <laughs> I'm like your, neither like, I. I'm just trying to be polite. I'm like your cool older brother, and you're like you know my you know, my kind of weird. Nah, you're you're I, that's like a brother thing. Like you're, yeah, no, my for low, sure. You're my little comedy bro. I'll take it, dude. I'll take because when uh, like well, outside friends, of I guess, out, yeah. outside of like comedy and stuff, I'll tell people that like you're the comedy. You're you're my comedy OG. Yeah, like just because like my kids know you and shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, like, for sure. I would trust you around to watch my children. Shout out the children. So I guess you're friends, but like on on like, but your emperor's family, real talk. And I'm with it. The baby dick it. drip god, bro. Boop. You're silk the shocker to my master P, bro. Let's Dude, get and I'm, I'm ready to do it, man. Yeah. Oh man, the cost of my sickle shock you. 
Or, or mystical. We're still going to find out. We'll, we'll find out. But for yeah. now, I'll, I'll rock with ninth grade LeBron. Because you don't even remember when uh, Master P and the No Limit Soldiers were getting it. You weren't even born, Dougie. Uh, yeah, no. I, I only know about it secondhand and through, like, you through didn't MTV know, Music you Videos. Didn't, like, everybody knew mystical was doper than Silk the Shocker. Facts. But for a hot minute, Silk the Shocker had a bigger name than mystical. Yep. 100%. But I, so I, like, I'd go as far to say more people know mystical now. Yo, when you do the outro for this podcast, make sure it's make them say, uh, you know what that's from? Or I'm sorry, it's not shanana, even though I want it to be. It's shalalala. What is it from? Sit, ubu, sit. Good dog. Come on, bro. I don't know, man. Family I'm, ties. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, family ties was definitely before my time. Also, family ties has like the hardest fucking. It's like super like Michael McDonald, like that's the one with Gary Coleman, right? No, family ties is with Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah, Justine yeah, Bateman. That's right. Okay, and Tina Yothers. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, dude, and Skippy. Yeah, see, I never saw it. Mark Price, who I never still saw does it, stand up, it. by the way. Still, oh, still riding that Family Ties credit, boy. Hell yeah. Oh, speaking of stand up, I just found out Pat Nakamura. Who that? Uh, Mr. Miyagi. I'm probably saying that his, fool's still alive. His the, the his last name wrong. No, he's not alive. But I didn't know that he did stand up. Makes sense. And did you know that he doesn't even have an accent? Yeah, I did know that. I just found that out. I forgot what I was listening to the other day, but. They were saying uh, that, yeah, he didn't have an accent. He was a comedy store comic, fucking ran around with Richard Pryor and shit. Sure. But, like, all people are ever going to remember is the fucking... Karate Kid. The Karate Kid and fucking... Pat Narita. Marita. There we go. What did Norita. I say? Norita. What did I say? I Nakamura? Damn, said, that's racist dick. as fuck, dude. But, yeah, Pat Narita. Yeah. yeah. He's a fucking legend, bro. Yeah. Oh, Joe Coy. I was into Joe Coy the other day. He was talking about that, just talking about accents and stuff like that. I booked Joe Coy once. Oh yeah. So okay. So yeah. Let's uh, let's let's. All right. Tell me about that because I got some questions that I know you know I know the answers to, but I want to get them on wax for people so that they know who you are. Yeah. But tell me about like, Joe Coy. This is like a pretty big deal in my house. Like I'm not like friends <laughs> with Joe or anything. I I booked him in uh, Doggy. It was like maybe 2005. I booked him to headline a show at UC Riverside because mm-hmm. I was booking colleges at the time. And I had to get him a town car. Oh shit! And uh, and then everything and like so he was like working then, and that yeah. was like oh five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he had Chelsea. <clears throat> Chelsea lately hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when he really got his big pop. Chelsea popped a lot of people, bro. Yeah, she popped him. She popped Cristalia. She popped. So, I don't know some other people. Yeah, see, I know the story. I didn't. Um, I didn't watch Chelsea lately too much. But like Chelsea lately. Isn't but I know why, it was like Isn't why right now is happening. Mm-hmm. Right now is happening because Joe Coy is a fucking monster who yeah. put in fucking twenty five years. Oh yeah, dude. And yeah, I was listening to him on. Yeah. I was listening to him on Flagrant, just talking about you know the hours he was putting in. He was a bringer and he was selling a bunch of tickets. Oh yeah. So he was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just gonna rent Joe, a theater. Joe came up the hard way, dude. Yeah, no grinding, bro. And it then was, got a break when he was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And then fucking kept it and just kept growing because he's the real fucking deal 
Dude, yeah, and now he's selling out stadiums and yeah. selling tickets Eric to Schwartz, whole Eric ass families. Open for uh, Joe on his his big stadium tour. Oh hell yeah, last dude! Year. I Word? used to manage Eric Schwartz. That's Uncle Eric at my crib, bro. Hell yeah! We love us some smoothie at the Miller House, bro. Some smoothie. Shout out, fucking smoothie! If y'all don't know about Eric motherfucking Schwartz, aka Smoothie, you need to fucking Google that schmoogle. Hell yeah, dude! Happy New Year, by the way, everybody. It's Rosh Hashanah. Ah. Uh, Yes, yes, Mazel. The beginning of the high holidays. The fun part. That's in, eight, what's up. in eight days, shit gets hella depressing. Motherfuckers gotta fast and shit. Uh, and, and admit all their sins to God do you do the before fasting? the book of life closes. Do you uh, fast? I haven't fasted since like 91. Feel you. Feel you. I'm not that religious. No, yeah, me neither. I mean, me and God kick it, and I go I, I go to synagogue mm-hmm. enough. I'm part of a I'm part of a a, a community um but no i'm not that i'm Word. not that hardcore about it i no. have a tattoo on my arm that says steel city jew and i didn't i don't know if i ate bacon earlier but i'm definitely in a <laughs> carne asada burrito after this fact, hell yeah dude which is the anti definitely not kosher the anti-kosher yeah oh man <laughs> that's funny man i've never so- kept kosher <clears throat> but i i could eat some kosher food yeah no for sure like i'm not vegan but i'll go to an indian restaurant Dude, the other night at the HB patio, speaking of vegan, which I may have to do at some point, I'm sure a doctor's going to tell me like, yeah, you need to just stop eating meat. Damn. Probably. Be a sad day. Because it's not, well, I don't know. I guess my family ate meat their whole lives. But still, vegan's kind of a good look if you're trying to. Yeah. You think you think we need the meat? <sighs> I think it's pretty gay. Um, I so, think you could have a little bit of both. I could eat less meat. That's I for can sure. definitely eat less meat for sure. Yeah, so I'll it's go like with eating less meat. That much meat, I don't think it's good for your colon long term. Nah, like but if, I could eat less meat because I just ate some jackfruit. Yo, at HP oh, yeah. Patio, shout out Machete. He made fucking teriyaki jackfruit potato skins topped with fucking wasabi mayo and slaw. Them shits were fucking stupid good, bro. Yeah, no, those were and that fire. jackfruit's banging. It t- it's like pulled pork almost. It's yeah. so good. So yeah, that's how I've had jackfruit before. So when he said it was uh, teriyaki jackfruit, I was like, oh, fire. Because I've had jackfruit carnitas, burritos, or carnitas tacos. Yeah, I tacos. could see some jackfruit carnitas. That's probably yum. Yeah, no, it's fire for sure. It's fire for sure. I could get down sure. with that. Dude, yeah. See, the thing about... <clears throat> But that vegan cheese is weak. That's the problem. Yes. That is my biggest gripe because the, the milk alternatives are cool. I'll fuck around with some cashew milk, some oat milk, but they have not figured out the cheese situation yet. Like at all, dude. That's what's strange is they figured out the burger situation before the cheese situation. Yeah. Yeah, which makes no sense because it doesn't melt. You fuck around with some vegan cheese, right? And like, but like also maybe this, we just invented something. Like, not so vegan. Like, yeah, we take the meat out, but we we got real cheese around here, guy. Hell yeah, Because what are you mad that a fucking, what do you, what, 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 like, you could, come on, doggy. Yeah, no, 100%. Dude, I'm down for that. Vegan-ish. A vegan-ish, vegan-ish menu. Like, French vegan. Yeah, French vegan or. I don't know, but like, I don't know. Yeah, but just less vegan like light red meat substitutions like we're addic- it's red meat's a big problem in this mm-hmm. fucking country yeah like gas like we're addicted to red meat 
We're addicted to gas. And, like, cows are a big fucking problem. Like, commercial farming's a big fucking problem. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no secret. But but what are we going to do about it? Right. And that's one of the answers. It's like weed and heroin addiction, right? Mm -hmm. Like, legal weed isn't going to end heroin addiction, but it's going to drop it, like, 20%. And you know what? That's a good fucking start. Yeah. No, 100%, dude. So, like, and it doesn't cause any harm. So, it's my same thing with, like, eating more jackfruit instead of more fucking beef. Yeah. But can we get some cheese with that jackfruit? Right. <laughs> but, but don't get me wrong. We better have some the proper mots on that. Yeah, boy. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. let's meet in the middle here on some shit. Yeah, hell like, yeah, like, why has everybody got to be so hardcore about everything? Let's compromise. Let's fucking chill, dude. We'll replace the beef, but can we keep the fucking cheese? Oh, man. That's right? Yeah, no. I'm all for it, dude. That's dude, that's I'm what I want. All about replacing beef with cheese. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Dude? Avoid your beef. Get that cheese, homie. The proper melted shit. Yeah, dude. dude you know what I'm saying? Ain't Fuck nobody yeah. trying to have no beef. You know no, sir. Just I, the you cheese. know, maybe like once a month you have a little beef, just just to know you're still alive. Facts, dude. Have like a here. decent steak or a hamburger, something quality, not some nasty ass McDonald's. That shit. Is what McDonald's is way more dangerous than weed. Facts, dude. A thousand percent. Facts. Bro, you know what else is dangerous? All you can eat Korean barbecue. Yo, we should do that as a fucking experiment. Like, smoke as much weed as that dude ate McDonald's. Remember Super Size Me? Oh, yeah. Where he fucking ate McDonald's every day for a year and he was like dying from it. If you did that same thing with weed, which I've kind of been doing for like seven years. Like, so check it out. I'm ha- Unfortunately, Doug Benson already did it. Oh, he did? Super high me. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, he's, he consumed cannabis Thank at every 420. Fucking dead in that right away. I'm sorry, dude. Spend any time. Don't apologize. No. That's what homies do. No, homie, that joke's already been done. Yeah, quick. Deal. Quick. Dead it now. But it is a great idea, and I'm still down to conceptualize on it for There's some content. hanging fruit. That I walked into from a different conversation. You fucking made the Benson clarity. End of conversation. Change topics. Bueno, We're bueno. So, about so you talked about how you booked Joe Coy for this uh for a college gig, right? Mm-hmm. You've been doing stand up for how many years? Well, I started stand up in two thousand three, and then I I started in July of two thousand three, mm-hmm. and then I quit. In March of 2005, to do the more to just do booking and management okay. and production. What did you? What do you have more years in? On stage. On stage. I okay. got back on stage probably in like I don't know. Let's go with March of 2010. Okay. And okay. Then, so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely on. St- hit it real hard. Like 2011, 12, and 13, Mm -hmm. I produced and hosted 450 shows a year. No breaks. 1,350 shows, nine a week. Yeah. I I booked and hosted all of them. I fucking promoted four of them. Fuck. Every week, no breaks. If a venue would die, I'd replace it. Like if I had a sun, if I had a Sunday show, and it stopped being cool, I'd find a new Sunday show. I always had a show, and I only committed to weeklies. If you weren't down, I 
didn't want to work with you. Ah, okay. You're only doing weeklies. That's crazy. Because I had to keep my calendar full, and I hustled to make sure the shows were good. It was hard. Yeah. A lot of rooks. You know what I mean? A lot of locals. A lot of fucking promoting, promoting, promoting. A lot mm-hmm. of social media. Yeah. Never was very good at it. Promoting's like my least favorite thing. I like the booking. I like the producing. Promoting's fucking the hardest part, bro. No, 100%, dude. 100%. But, you know, you you just keep getting better and better at it. And Also, I wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. I was like, a, you know, rookie funny. I did it all the time funny. I had an act. I had stage presence, but the jokes weren't really good. Hmm. My act didn't really get bulletproof. Or even like I don't it's not bulletproof now. But I have a pretty good act. And I but I don't I don't really think I got funny until I got like LA funny, New York funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or I could be on lineups with pros in those markets in front of like crowds that know the fucking difference and mm-hmm. they'd be like, Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's one thing to be funny around a bunch of terrible comics. In front of fucking crowds that don't know the fucking difference out in the suburbs or out on the road, like LA, New York crowds, like industry crowds, regulars who have seen the greats Mm -hmm. and see the best in the world on a regular basis. That's a different story. Right. You know what I mean? Or going, performing at a festival where fucking, you know, at Montreal. Those local citizens have seen the best of the best in stand up every year for fucking 35 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't come there with no weak ass shit. They know they know what's hack. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't do it. And- like there's a there's jokes that'll like smash mm-hmm. in a Midwest comedy club that will not only fall flat. You might get booed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> like amongst a proper crowd. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's not the red. Or you'll at the lose barn. them. They'll just be like, eh. Yeah. Let's Ugh. go see what's happening at the other stage. Or what? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like, we got no time for no hack ass jokes. What do you mm-hmm. think's happening here? Right. Um, but I don't know. Hack is. I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> you also have an interesting start in stand up. You uh, you won a, a competition your very first time doing stand up. Worst way to start stand up, man. Okay, so you're in college, right? Tell me, tell me that's. I wasn't in college. I, it was after college. Okay, I went to Franklin and Marshall. I graduated. I went to Europe. Got fucked up. Fucking pissed on a train in Germany. Ran out of money in fucking Munich. Uh, got drunk and ate ham sandwiches in Bordeaux. You know, and then came back, came, moved to New York. Hell yeah. White people shit. Working for a casting director in New York and uh, and working at a restaurant in Hoboken where I lived across the river. Okay. And then I watched the towers happen, got the fuck out of New York, moved back to Pittsburgh eventually. I stopped in my old college town to hang for a little bit, but then moved back to Pittsburgh. I was working for a casting director in Pittsburgh. And went to a stand-up show at the Improv. And was like, I could do that. And I did. And then I won this competition my second time ever doing stand-up. This was such a bad idea. Damn. Because I, want, I wanted to, and there were people telling me you could just go straight to the top. And that's a lie. Right. It's a cheat code, and there is no cheat code. Gods hate it. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? hundred no, percent. So and that's what like, really dictates the, and it. And like, you can get up, you can, you can get halfway up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And, but if you're, if you're faking the funk, like again, it took me 15, seven, I don't know what year, what year it was when I realized this. People hit walls when they are ready because they fronted when they weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I and feel that like, 100%. it's like that scarlet letter, dude. Yeah. Like, that's why you got to slow your fucking roll, dude. You know what I mean? And like really get to know what you're doing before you like this guy, Billy Elmer, OG comic in Pittsburgh. He was a thousand percent right before I left. He was like, you shouldn't go to L.A., man. You're not fucking ready. He goes, you don't want to be going. You don't want to go there, show your face all over town and you suck. Mm-hmm. He's like, people never forget that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then at like. What do you mean you're coming around now? What have you been doing for the last 19 years? Right. So it's better, like, that's why, like, for me, it's like nobody knows me in L.A. and good mm-hmm. until, like, now. But I'm good now. I got right. 4,000 shows under my belt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, exactly. Like, I stayed out of L.A. my whole career. Only reason, like, until this year, like, two years ago, since mm-hmm. I started doing Hempers LA. I mean, I do shows in LA every once in a while, right. but I was mostly in San Diego, the Inland Empire, Orange County. I didn't really do anything in LA yeah. until now, until I started doing the Hempers LA show. Right. So Hell yeah, dude. We're yeah. Look, we're looking to do more. So it's, it's a Hempers is, uh, and I need, I need to be at the clubs more, but that'll mm-hmm. come soon. Yeah. You know, I think taking that's care of my kids. I mean, that's important to me. Hell yeah, shout out the children, bro. Shout I out to the children. I believe the children are future. If your career tanks, they will buy you weed in your 50s. Amen, My dude. kids are going to have jobs, boy. Facts, Good ones, dude. Too. Facts, bro. <laughs> if you think my kids aren't going to be self-sufficient I enough. I'm not teaching my kids to be comics. That's their fucking No shirt. way, man. <laughs> Better get a job, a good one, because uh, if daddy's art don't work out, he's going to need a place to live and some weed. Indeed, dude. <laughs> Indeed. So <clears throat> you uh, you spent a lot of time not in L.A. You did a lot of shows in San Diego. I did 2,000 shows at the Comedy Palace in Kearney Mesa. Damn. So five, when did you start? Five shows a week for eight and a half years straight. <sighs> Crazy. So tell me, tell me how that... Uh, how you got started there? Which is like, now where the you... mic drop comedy club? A major shout out, major shout out. I'm there on October 6th featuring for Boner Bob. I mean Stoner Rob. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Shout out to <clears throat> Rob, the OG homie. Hell I've yeah, known that dude since like '05. Okay, since before he did stand up, he was just like this fucking dumb stoner dude. They'd bring on the radio at fucking Cake. Oh in yeah, San yeah. yeah, Hell yeah. He got he got the radio tattooed on his chest, so they let him come be high on the morning show sometimes. Oh man! Because <laughs> yeah, I forget about that. You worked in radio for a while, didn't you? Yep. Was that before <clears throat> or after uh, Kearney Mesa? Before. Before I worked in radio. <clears throat> oh wild, right, because if you met Rob ninety six in like oh five. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jeff Garcia and Cecilia the Mamacita, who's now on Power 106. Okay. DJ Ever, who's now on Power 106. Motherfucking Bam Bam. I forget what station he's with, but shout out Bam Bam. Like, yeah, it was good times. Hell yeah, dude. Do you, do you miss radio? 
Nope. No? What were you doing over there? It's like helping produce the morning show. Oh, okay. Were you like on the, were you on a mic? Were you a... I did a couple things on them. I did, I wrote some parodies that they put on the air. Occasionally I'd come in and say something, Mm -hmm. but I was mostly behind the scenes. Okay, right on. Right on. So going going back to uh, what what was the comedy palace? It was the called it was called palace. comedy palace. I started there in 2010, as I was producing shows at Pachanga, and the they were looking, I guess, for a new booker at the palace. Uh, and the guy who was running Pachanga at the time, shout out OG Leonard, was uh rec- said you should talk to Zach Miller. And I went down and interviewed with George Salik, buddy. And uh, and then I started booking shows there that year. And then I started hosting all the shows because it just made sense. I kind of made myself the house MC. I was a good host and people didn't like to host. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I started hosting. We were at fucking, <clears throat> we were at Viejas because we used to do it where we do a casino on Thursday. I'd book you for a five show run. Mm-hmm. You'd play the Comedy Palace at Viejas Casino on Thursday, and then you'd come work the club in Kearney Mesa Friday, Saturday. So it was like a three-show gig or a oh, three-night yeah. gig. So I would come in Thursday <coughs> as I was the booker, but then the first night I came in, like there was like five comics, local comics, who I didn't really know at the time, and nobody wanted to host. And I was like, you know what? I'll host. And right. I hadn't touched them. I hadn't done stand-up in like five years. Word. I had no jokes. So I like thought of like some old jokes I did. And then I went up and just kind of riffed explaining the rules. Like, like I was, I, I hosted like a producer. Oh, okay. I had actually done a lot of like p- producer announcements for tapings I had produced and what, right. you know, I was still good on a mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just kind of riffed all the jokes and that show at the Saquon Casino. In 2010, my first show hosting that started a string of hosting 4,000 shows or whatever is where, like, that's kind of where it all, like, the current version of me began as, like, the host comic out of necessity just because nobody wanted to host. I was like, fuck y'all. I got five minutes. I'll host. Hell yeah. I'll figure it out. That's crazy, dude. a packed house in a theater at a casino, and I was like... No problem. <laughs> I'll figure it man. out. And that's where like I got a lot. I still use some of the jokes that were born that night out of like doing my own version of like the rules. Yeah. Which is what hosting is about. You're laying down the law. You're the master of ceremonies. Right. You're the fucking conduit between the audience and the talent. Have you always been comfortable like in front of crowds? Kind of. I mean, I did theater. You, in, I was gonna say I you did, did theater, theater right? in middle school. <clears throat> then again, in college, a lot. I did a lot of theater in college, <clears throat> and then um, did you do like Rent or was it like musicals? I or? was in Greece. Oh yeah, who'd you play in Greece? Sonny Lattieri. Shut the fuck up! Hell yeah. Uh, can she get me a friend? That was like my one solo line of the whole musical. A lot of, lot of fucking uh, dancing and backup vocals, but Sonny didn't have a lot of like solo. He had one solo line the whole mm-hmm. show. Can she get me a friend? Bah. Bum, Hell yeah. Ba-dum, ba-dum. 
Yeah, I had all the dance tell moves. Tell me more. Tell me more. It was more. fun. We used to we could smoke cigarettes on stage. Oh hell yeah, dude! And the college bought all these fucking fancy cigarettes for the the T birds to smoke because a lot oh, of the crazy. script had <clears throat> smoking cigarettes in it. And this was yeah. nineteen. I mean, you can still smoke cigarettes on a theater stage. They don't if it's part of the show, it doesn't break any laws. Really? That's why, like, if you really wanted to, if you're famous enough, Chappelle, he'll yeah. light up a cigarette in every fucking showroom in America. He smoked a cigarette at the Mark Twain Awards. Because what, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? Right. No, and I it's feel and that. it's technically not a violation of any city code. Because it's a performance. Because it's part of your performance. Uh, You're not letting customers smoke. That's the per- that's the entertainer. The entertainer mm-hmm. smoking is part of their show. Mm. It's that's one of those that. loopholes. It's one of those loopholes. Hell yeah, I dude. smoked cigs on stage when I worked with him at the gas lamp. He smoked cigs probably everywhere he plays. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's non-smoking for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I'm Andrew Dice Clay, motherfucker. Yeah, what the fuck are you going to do, yeah, bro? Yeah, I'm smoking a Denny's. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> Yo, Andrew Dice Clay. So you worked with him a bit? I hosted for him twice at the <clears throat> gas lamp in Long Beach. Yeah, I went about a bit. Okay. Twice. Right on. What was that? It was an interesting experience. Was there ever like a like a show you did or someone you worked with where you were like, whoa, because I take it, I mean, you weren't that, like the biggest. That was a woe, right? Stanhope was a woe. Fuck yeah, dude! And and uh, the night I hosted for Stanhope, he brought uh, Lynn Shawcroft with him, who, if you don't know, is the widow of the late great Mitch Hedberg. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So that was like a really fucking memorable comedy experience. That's cool. Tommy Davidson there, Pauly Shore, fucking we had a lot of big names at fucking Gaslamp. When uh, every Wednesday for five and a half years, and sometimes we'd have dice, and sometimes we'd have me and five local comics like trying to muscle out a crowd for tips. Oh man, some nights we'd be sold out four hundred people at forty dollar tickets for Andrew Dice Clay. You know what I mean? Fucking a dude, like. It was a cool venue like that. We had a lot of shout out Mike Newfeld and everybody at the Gaslamp. They're still banging, dude. Made it through the pandemic. Hell yeah, Great dude. live music venue. They haven't done comedy in a while, but they do great fucking live music, cover bands. They got this killer 80s band called Night Rider. You know, people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who want to have a nice dinner, buy yeah. drinks, and sweat on each other. Hell yeah, dude. It's a grown so up. It's a grown up meat market, baby. Dude, Gary, absolutely, man, absolutely. Or people go there on dates and shit, married couples. Yeah. it's just a nice spot where you can see awesome music. Hell yeah, dude! Nothing wrong with a little live music. When the owner's in a fucking, he's in like four fucking cover bands. Oh like shit, Newfeld. dude! Fucking cover cover bands are crazy, dude. They're in a Smashing Pumpkins cover band. I forget, maybe an Oingo Boingo cover band. Oh, shit. Oingo Boingo, dude? Yeah. And then Fuck Karen, yeah. the booker, Karen Toady, her husband's in like the number one Metallica fucking cover band in the world. Oh, no shit. Like Metallica fucks with them type yeah. of shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck. They're called Damage yeah. Inc. Yeah. No, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen Damage. I'm a big fan of cover bands, dude. Like there's a, there's a Led Zeppelin cover band they're, that they're I follow They're not a cover band. Good. They're called a tribute band. Tribute band. Yeah, you're right. Tribute you're right. Band's tribute band's different. Band. 
No, and for like, sure. If you're, the t- if you're a good enough tribute band where the actual band shows you love, that's fucking gangster, man. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Like, we trust you to play our music, and, we- and you play it so good, we're giving you the stamp. Like, that's thug, dog. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they make good money. Dude, I have a They're homie. not like bazillionaires, but they eat. Dude. I mm-hmm. playing fucking music their whole lives. God, I, we could like if I, that's all I ever got out of comedy, where I could support my family and have like some type of asset base mm-hmm. and fucking get to do this. Yeah, make podcasts Don't. and smoke weed and do comedy shows with the homies. Deal. Dream come true. Deal. Thank you. Sign me the fuck up yeah. till the end of time. Yeah, here's here's a couple drops I'll of my vote, blood. And I'll try and do some charity and just let me do that other thing as long as yeah. possible. Please, <laughs> please. Dude, yeah, no, these tribute artists are crazy. I have a buddy who's um he was on a couple episodes ago. He's an Elvis tribute artist. And he does like the the cruise. He does private parties where like chicks who fuck like the old ladies who partied like going to see Elvis, like in mm-hmm. his prime. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I want an Elvis tribute artist. Oh, fucking this many fucking thousand dollars for a private show? Word. Here you go. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah, private shows are great. Dude, it's insane. Sometimes. Right. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. They can also be a fucking nightmare. Dude. Yeah, no, I, I can if only imagine. If you're hot imagine. and you have a good manager that knows how to make sure you get paid mm-hmm. and everything's well produced or you're a good manager of your own and you know how to make sure you can get paid and the show's well produced. Then they could be great. Yeah. Or like, you know, you're you're a, a newbie that gets like suckered into some whack ass situation where you gotta like do stand up in a living room with no microphone and then you're chasing down hundred and fifty bucks at the end of the night. Like, yeah. Oh man. Both private gigs. Right. hundred <laughs> percent, dude. No, without it. Yeah, both of them yeah. private gigs. And there's a range of experiences at clubs and, you know, everything else. Yeah. Dude, like my... I, I like told I, you... I'm technically like an alt comedy dude, like pretty hardcore. Yeah. Like you so? Well, the whole point of alt comedy, well, in its, it, it, in its original form, alt comedy was comedy that was happening at alternative venues outside of the comedy clubs. That's okay. what alternative comedy was originally. It wasn't like alternatively funny. Yeah, fucking laugh, you know laugh I mean? at me based on my personality like, type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. Uh, but club comedy was always different than alternative comedy because alternative comedy venues, the comics make their own rules for the mm-hmm. most part versus at the clubs, you know, the lease and the... And the liquor license make the rules. <laughs> right. These are for-profit businesses. And not that alternative shows don't happen in for-profit businesses, but comedy tends not to be the venue's main business. Yeah. They just support comedy and let it happen there in its purest, rawest, and necessary form. Yeah. And that's, you know... Everything I do, the HP Patio is an alternative comedy venue. We don't run Emperor's Comedy at comedy clubs. Right. Because we can't. Mm-hmm. You can't smoke weed at any comedy clubs that currently exist. Oh, shit. This is alt comedy. It's, we're alt comics, bro. Damn. I got to stop making fun of them. Then. I mean, I play clubs. You play clubs sometimes. What's the last club you played? Um, Actually, I I've never done a club. You've never played a club? Nope. I've never been booked on anything. You haven't even done a club open mic? Oh, yeah. Like, I've done the haha. Okay. 
Yeah, but like I've never, I've so never like you, done a. You played a club. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. So then, the yeah, way, I've the done. Open mic at the haha has roots all the way back to swingers, bro. No, I bet. I host the open mic at the haha hole in North Hollywood. Yeah, that's based off the haha comedy club in North Hollywood. Fuck! Shout out swingers, bro. Everyone was so young shout in that out, movie, dude. Shout out the Asadorians, homie. Dude, yeah, big up, big that, up. That's a family business, man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they're not the Shore family, they're right? Fucking Mexican Armenian, Armenian immigrants yeah. who opened a fucking restaurant and turned it into a legendary comedy club, dude. Yeah, it's fucking cool. I like the haha. Yeah, comics will talk shit about it, but but comics talk shit about everything. They're right. comics, right? No, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I love the haha, dude. Because like yeah. I was, like you said earlier, like I, <clears throat> I've I've been a fan. You know, long before I was growing up, which I think most people are, but like right when I turned eighteen, the first ever comedy show I went to—I mean, like I had seen, like I found them on Instagram later on. They were stand-up comics, but they were doing like you know. And by the way, no shade on the Shore family or the store. I love this. Oh story. yeah, I'm just saying, it's impressive what the Asadorian family has done to continue that small business off Lancashire Boulevard, now in its second location for yeah. thirty years. And they've spawned a lot of stars. Like that's like the home club for the whole Wayans family. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, no, I saw. I saw. Who deal. was it? I think it was when uh, when Damien played there, bro. Yeah, Everybody. when when Damien was working out his special. Like I went in there and uh, he got mad at everyone and walked out. I mean, but then like I seen him in there again a week later, and I was like, oh, he fucking comes around. And then you know later on finding out. Yeah, that's like the, the history club, of it and dude. shit. But yeah, like it, it was wild to see it. It was wild to see it. All the weigh-ins. Like, I was going to the HaHa in, like, 03, bro. Damn. I ran a show at the HaHa in 04, the old HaHa. No way. Sunday nights. Magnum Comedy Sundays. Oh, shit. Hell we yeah, We were going dude. on this tour, me, KT Tatara, and Justin Berkman. We were going to do this college tour, and we needed to run our acts. So we ran a Sunday night show at the HaHa, and we would go down to the movie theater and pass out free and try and scalp their customers to give them free tickets to us. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And then we, we had some decent crowds. That's we, cool. We rocked some shows. The old ha was fucking awesome. The new ha is better. Yeah. And great in its own ways. But the old ha was like, had really low ceilings. You'd come in from behind the stage and there was like this thin wall. Pretty Everybody cool. would be hanging out. The new one, I think you walk to the stage from the crowd. There's You don't walk from a backstage area. Right. But the old one, you came from this like backstage area. It was... It was a dope room to rock. They're both great rooms. I've played the new haha a couple times. Hell so yeah. That's the only club stage you've ever been on? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. And you know, like I've kind of been that in needs this to change, but dude, you haven't so, been No, right. And here's ready the thing. to get booked and like club mics are like notoriously yeah. hard to get up on. And the thing is, you know, because I'm doing all kinds of other shit, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like so busy i do open mics and stuff and like i'm around and i'm in the scene and people know me mm-hmm. but i'm not around often enough for people to say hey come do the show but also you have to it like it takes a while to prove that like you're one of the funnier comics on the mic scene mm-hmm. you have to keep being funny at the mics and people seeing that you're consistently right. funny with new jokes yeah and like and some so, people were, oh, he's a quality writer and he's got his stage chops. Let me let me put him on my show. Yeah. 
You know. So what I mean? a big problem with me, a big problem for me was when I started hitting mics with Sammy. Yeah. I started goofing off a lot. Okay. Started goofing off a lot, and I was really playing to him and like our other buddies that were going to mics. Yeah, you can't play for the comics. At yeah. Mics. So you're wasting your workout. Yeah, exactly. Playing so for the comics at open mics is like posing and taking pictures the whole time you're at the gym. Like you're wasting yeah. your fucking time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Go to the gym to lift weights, not take pictures with them. Right. Facts, dude. Facts. <laughs> and I, I just got caught up in the in the fun part, and I was just ex- because. Dude, like I was going for, for the first like or up until I think it was like six months ago that I started like going to mics with them. Yeah, You can have fun at comedy shows. The, the way you mix it is have objectives. Yeah. Make sure you achieve your objectives. Like know what jokes you're going to try. Film your set. Like mm-hmm. make sure you're prepped to do your homework. Get your homework. Get your work done. And then hang out and party and shoot the shit. Yeah. But, like, get your work done first. Right, exactly. Or get your work done simultaneously if you're capable of, like, handling business and smoking pot. Mm -hmm. I don't know too many people that handle business well drunk. Although, I used to handle a lot of business drunk. And then then get, you know, the blackout would kick in and you'd, you know. But still, (laughs) pot's much more friendly to being functional than alcohol. Yeah, no, 100%. I think so. 100%. But yeah, dude, I, uh, I I know what my problem was. And yeah, no, it's it's because I wasn't taking the reps seriously. Or not that I wasn't taking them seriously. I was just having too much fun and goofing off mm-hmm. when, you know, that was like my time. To, oh, yeah, no, now I'm doing other shit. Now, like, you know, even though I'm starting to write more and like I have more ch- jokes to pull from, mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, or up until a couple months ago, because I'd say of the six months, the past three months, I've been trying to all right now keeping a jeep maybe like the past month and a half two months i've been trying to be a little bit more serious about it and i don't even like using the term more serious about it because it's not that i wasn't taking it serious before but yeah but like good i'm definitely trying harder work that pays off Mm -hmm. towards building a good set is like writing down set lists Mm -hmm. running those jokes and seeing how long each joke takes yeah on shows where you're actually getting laughs. Yeah. So you can rhythm the joke. So when you run the joke time and time again in front of real crowds, you go, that's a two-minute bit. Mm-hmm. It's a minute bit. I got all the beats figured out. I know how long it is. Boom. It's in the books. You know what I mean? Then you can always keep improving it. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting up to the next level, you got to know how long your jokes are. Yeah. And which ones are real hitters and will work for what crowds. Yeah. So when you have an important show and you're building a set list, you're not fucking guessing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's why the reps matter. Yeah. That's the work. Yeah. How, you know, how much work you can get done and how much time to create what time or result type of result depends on a lot of things. Circumstances and talent. Mm-hmm. And within both of those things, there's a lot of fucking variations. Yeah. You know what I mean? The key is to find your path. Indeed. And try not to fucking die doing it. Ugh. Yeah, no, while, while I'm here standing up recording because I'm trying to stretch out my neck. <laughs> so I've been sitting sitting too much today. Yeah, no, it'd be like that. What's and it I like was getting almost old? crippled fucking two months ago because my sciatica got so bad. I'll be teaching these Pulled lessons up. to Damon. Damon does hot yoga four times a week. Once he saw me all busted up back, he's like, I ain't going to look like that, bro. Man, dude. 
I, did I tell you I'm going to the gym? Good. Started going to the gym a couple weeks ago. How many but, days a week you go? Uh, two or three, but then That's like good. I work out here at the house. Like I, yeah. I do sit ups and push ups more. It's easy when you're now. twenty. I went to the gym too when I was twenty six. Yeah. The key is to keep going all through your thirties and get addicted to that shit. Yeah. So. The next part for me is just figure is uh maintaining the eating to be something that works oh that's a refill right there if you want to get the fuck out of here yeah, that's, dude, that's a carafe homie? yeah doggy that's oh i thought that was just your lame ass coke oh, no nah, look dude. at that boy nah, i'm doing the do on this side i'm all jacked up dude, brother have an orange bang after this mm. with a carne asada burrito dude orange bang Yo, how long have we been recording? Speaking, it's of? been I'm about an pretty, hour and five. I'm pretty hungry, dude. It's been about an hour and five. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna wrap it up. We've I was talked gonna... about a lot. We have, man. We talked about fascism and crypto. <laughs> we thinking. did, dude. We did. We talked about comedy, fucking game, the path. Mm-hmm. We did enough, and it's definitely like basically. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking anymore in about 120 seconds. So Check it out. Whatever you need to do to close out this app. Make it happen. Mondays are dope. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yo, Zach is dope as fuck, man. I'm going to buy you a burrito and an orange bang, bro. Hell yeah, dude. And then we're going to bang after. Ugh. Hopefully. No, we're not. Hopefully. Dude, home, bromo jokes are so fucking played out, bro. Oh, man. I, I think we you're just old. We don't talk about banging as like a hack comedy print of this. We just fuck. Buggy. Dude, yeah, no, I was gonna we say there, there was no it. joke. There was no joke, and there yeah, was no dude. joke. My dick is out right now. I, you just can't see it because it's hiding behind my massive mic. Because <clears throat> there's some half Scottish, half like I don't know what language that guy was speaking, dude, on yep. Brendan's TV right or uh, Damon's TV right now. Oh man, eating a disgustingly large cheeseburger. Yeah. I'm hungry, man. Do you want to say anything? Do we have to do plugs? What I want to say is thank you, Zach, for coming through. Thank you You're for being welcome. dope. Do you want to plug anything? Any dates? Yeah, any follow socials? Follow me online at Zach Miller Dog. Listen, if you're fucking listening to Damon's podcast, you know how to find me. Word. Shout out HempersComedy.com. Shout out this Mortal Kombat machine. <laughs> I kind of want to turn on and play, but I also want that burrito like bad. Gangster, gangster business, dude. Hell yeah, man. Shout out to everybody, dude. Yo, Zach, thanks for coming through. It's the dopest podcast on the internet. Shout out to the homies over in Germany right now, dude. Still trying to figure out what's going on over there because I keep getting hits on that side in Frankfurt. Yo, family in Frankfurt, you've listened to every episode for like the past three months. Yo, we're going to do a European Emperor's Tour one of these days, Frankfurt. We're coming. Or you might have to meet us up in like Copenhagen or Amsterdam, but we're coming to Europe. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, y'all. Fucking, I'm dope. You're dope. Drink some water. I haven't been. I I drink a Mountain Dew for the podcast, but guess what? I'm about to drink some water, baby. Stay thirsty. Puffing on legit. Got it all, man. The grams to the sips. If it ain't that loud, then why you loud? You need the zip. Ah, bruh, fell asleep. You need a bib. <laughs> Look at him, drooling on this shit. That what it is. Young and need the step is tolerance up. Pass it, stop babysitting. 
We in the back like car seats with the baby in it. Burning the house down, it looks like it from a distance. Oh Jesus, we don't need no police in here. But I said, I'm lit. How I'm knowing what we puffing on legit. Got it all, man, the grabs to the sips. Get with, I said.